Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it is episode 150. 150. That's mad. It's a little bit insane. A little bit insane. For that does mean that we have reached the end of season three. Oh, I know. It's a season finale. Pretty good. That we have decided to do at 150. Yeah, I know. Was it? Was it? Do we do 50, 100, 150? We normally do every year. So yeah. 52. So we're, and then we're six episodes short, really, aren't we? Yes, but also you looked tired. Also, I'm like, I need, <laughs> I need to sleep. So. And I think 50 is a good break as I, well. I agree. From now on, it's every 50. We that have works. a bit of a lie down. Yes, I like that idea. Oh, how are you, Nick, on this lovely, lovely season finale day? Well, it's, it's a good day to have it. I've been off work all week, so I've been bumbling around. Mm. Doing stuff, having a very jolly time. Gentleman of leisure. And indeed, sitting here, typing away today, writing a story. Isn't it nice when you have a week off? Very chilled. And you have a day to write. Yeah, it's lovely. Yes. Absolutely. But what is equally upsetting, though, is that... Equally upsetting. Equally wow, up- that was a Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> upsetting in equal measure. Okay, to the joy. To the joy is that the week is almost over. And therefore, my week off is almost over. No, don't wish the week and away, soon Nick. I'll have to go back to work. No. no. And that makes me sad. No, what you have tomorrow, though, is you have an entire Friday. You can sleep in. You can go. Can. You'll get a nice coffee. You'll get a cocktail. You can just do whatever you want. Do whatever the hell I like. going to be great. Well, you know what, Nick? As it is the end of season three, and we have managed three goddamn years of this podcast <laughs> with unremitting joy and love for all of our beautiful, beautiful listeners, we could not be more flabbergasted and more in love with all of you for supporting us for continuing to grow and there's so many people who have Mm. just found us people keep finding us and keep coming with us on this journey and we love you we so so appreciate you we appreciate everyone who listens all of our patreons everyone who follows us on different platforms we are here have a chat with us you can always message and we will respond. But we should do, Nick, a little cheers. We've got some should fizz. My coaster is attached to my glass. I'm just going to remove that. <laughs> going to remove that. You do that. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Hurrah Ting. for us. 150. Ting. 150. Marvellous. Well, I should ask any poisonings this week. No, I've been too busy being a man of leisure. None of none of that. And I've poison- hardly left the house. <laughs> 
which is great. You did you did message me yesterday. I've hardly left the house. And then yeah. he's like, do you need walking? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought, I need to leave the building at some point. So and I think that was the first time in about two days that I'd left the house. It's so. nice to nest. Yes, exactly. Well, you, you know, it's always good to know when there are poisonings at hand. But as we go into season four, we are expanding a little more. Yeah. We have expanded our repertoire since sort of season two onwards, where we knew there were many a poisoner and there are many poisonings. I, in was, the world. I was thinking this earlier. Was it season one or was it season two? The end of season one or end of season two that we expanded into non-poisoning death? We did one season. Season one was purely poisonous. Purely poisoning death. And then season two, we expanded into macabre general, murders. General, general murderiness. And, and we s- still keep finding um, poisoners. Yeah. We do indeed, though. Absolutely. They crop up every now and again. We've got lots of macabre murders. Yeah. So what does season four bring? Uh, season four, we thought we would expand a little further into old crimes. So yeah. the weird and wonderful crimes and maybe a few deaths that are associated with mysteries. Now, we're not going supernatural. We're not going into the mysteries of the unexplained because there's plenty of podcasts who do that absolutely superbly. But... We know there's just crazy stories out there yep. and they don't always involve a murder, but they involve some stuff that is too good not to share. <laughs> just weird shit. Just weird We're just going to cover loads of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Exactly. And we like to stay in the past. We yep. go to the future. Go to the future. Go to the future. Do we, we visit the present <laughs> and the near <laughs> Have present. Have ever been to the future in an episode? Soon. Soon. Soon we shall. <laughs> That will be sort of more of a, a psychic reading, I yeah, feel. Yeah. We do more modern cases on Patreon, but on the main episode, we like to stay in the past because we can have fun with it. We can keep it light, people. <laughs> so now is your time to send us suggestions of crazy, mad past stories, crimes, mysteries, whatever they are. Send them our way because we're opening up the doors a little bit, letting more people in. But if there's equally more murders and poisons we could do... I'm we'll- sure we'll find some. Oh, I think we should. I don't think we've run out of murders. 150 episodes. In all of time and history, there have only been 150 murders. If history has taught us nothing, <laughs> it's that people don't stop killing each yeah. other. So I think we're good for a while yet. Well, speaking of celebrating and drinking heavily, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yes, indeed. We have two delights who have joined us this week. Uh, first of all, thank you very much to Nicole. And to Chloe Gibbons. Thank you very much, both of you darlings. Hoping you're having a lovely time over on Patreon. Thank you so much. Our beautiful, beautiful Patreons. Everyone who has supported us. Everyone who's upgraded as well to Cyanide Connoisseurs. Yes, to hear the case files of PC Morris. And to get some goodies, which are going out in the post very soon. Yes, we've had fun over on Patreon. We did James... Canham Reed. Oh, that fucker. The bastardly murderer man. Oh, yes. He had sex with lots of people. Lots of people. And people kept coming back for more. Yeah, absolutely. And then he ended up shooting one of them. Which is less good, I feel. Less good. Never a good end to a story. But in our case, great. Well, Nick, are you ready? Mm. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Well, I think it's we've done it for 150 episodes. We might as well do it again. Okay. Or, 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 or. We could drink poison. Talk about cocktails and then get a little weird. I mean, that could be an, an amazing season ender. I mean, we could just get absolutely wrecked and yeah, see how this degenerates. Die. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of Blackadder, it'd be that sort of thing at the end. Oh, no, that's really sad, Nick. No, that's sad. I was thinking more of a sort of debauch. One, sort of... one, one day when the podcast comes to an end, <laughs> it will just <laughs> fade to black. And people will plant a field of poppies exactly. in our memory. But yeah. not poppies in our case, just no, Belladonna. Belladonna. <laughs> Or it could be one of those found footage things. <laughs> like, in, in 2023, a podcast was made a year later. This tape was found. 
oh brilliant let's do that <laughs> they didn't even record on tape this is weird that they sounds... took time to transfer it all and then run into the woods <laughs> let's do that okay let's do that well whatever option what that was let's do that the the option for this to descend into a Blair Witch style <laughs> found footage for I'm, I'm with it I'm okay but yeah. let's also go with drinking some cocktails and talking about poison and murder yep. and stuff hooray okay. hooray hooray well it is Nick who is closing the season this week mm. but we can't we can't we can't possibly have any semblance of a story without a cocktail in hand yeah. as you know dear listeners every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavor our cocktail of the week Nick's story so his pick and this week's secret ingredient is black 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 the horror <laughs> it's a good end <laughs> Black, black, black nothingness. This is a niche reference for certain people, by the way. Anyone doesn't know, you know what I'm talking about, do you? Um, Farsha. Yeah. <laughs> black. The black. The black. Will you lock me in the basement and force me to eat pins? Yes, I'm going to do that later as well. But anyway, black. Black. Now, black has lots of cocktails. There are a lot of cocktails. Classics. There, there, yeah, there's, there's a Russian one that springs to mind. <laughs> and then there's others. And then there's other black ones. So with black, either is the colour or the mood. Mm. What have you come up with? Well, I mean, as you say, there are a great many out there. And we may have one or two as we go through the episode. But we are going to start with a heart of darkness. Oh, I like it. I like that. It's a good name. Oh, very good. Very. Yeah. And, and local. Local. <laughs> Joseph Conrad, who wrote Heart of Darkness, buried in Canterbury yep. Cemetery. One of my favourite places to visit, shockingly. <laughs> what a surprise. Sinead likes a trip around the cemetery. Yeah, there's a cat there and I can <laughs> go there and drink wine and have a cry. I like it. And there's more, promise of more. I may have brought a couple of things as well uh. that I thought would fit the brief. Okay. Most you will not like. Yeah, I've but... got a feeling I know what one of them's going to be. Oh, I don't think you know what another one's going to be, though. Mm, one, of the, one of them I've got a suspicion well starting things off on a light note absolutely i think it is time for us to slink into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit and we're back hello nick it is black oh it's so black it is black like your heart like my heart yes indeed modeled upon my own heart black like my arteries (laughs) that is it's exquisitely black it's it's so black now i i hope you've not put in that black vodka they did once Mm. Oh, okay. It's the first time we've actually had a black drink. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna smell it, even though I had a sneezing fit earlier and I'm taking an antihistamine, so this this episode will go fun. Okay. Oh, okay. It smells. It smells of something. Well, <laughs> before I guess, first. let's dive in. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy season three. Oh, oh, oh. Hello. Mmm. Wow. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, that has everything. That has things. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's a. That's delightful. That's good. That's really <laughs> that's good. So good. Oh my god! So it's smoky. Mezcal. 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 Oh, I'm already onto a winner. Don't yeah, care what else. In there. But it's matter. got it's got a sweetness behind it. But why is it so black? And what makes it so delicious? <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to talk us through it, Nick. What alchemy has occurred in the kitchen? So, uh, yeah, mezcal. Absolutely. Mm. Tequila, mezcal and tequila. Hooray. Going on in here. So a double whammy for Sinead. Agave. For sweetness. Bit of nice. a bit okay. of sweetness in there. Some lime juice. We're heading Margaritaville. No Cointreau in there. What we are using instead for an alternative fruity twang, 
Okay. Is some shamble. Black raspberry. So black. <gasps> black. Black fruits. Black fruits. The black blackest the of them all. In there as well. <laughs> but, but even that would not make it sufficiently black. No, it wouldn't. So we have some charcoal. From the fire? What? From the fire. Yes, from my log pit. Activated charcoal. Yes. No. Uh, yeah, real charcoal that you can get in healthy places. Ooh. <laughs> which, wow, that is, it's meant to be good for you. I don't actually think it is. Well, it was a big, big it phase. Was, it was a big, big thing a few years back, but you about can still five, get it. About five years ago, you had everything had activated yeah. charcoal in it. Now they seem to have sidestepped that completely. Yeah. No. Because it just absorbs all the yeah, everything. It, it, exactly. It absorbs all the bad stuff, but it also absorbs all the good stuff as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Charcoal <laughs> is what you get when, when you have an overdose, isn't it? In hospitals, that's what they yeah. give you. So... But for this, we're just using purely as the colour. So um, I got some little charcoal capsules for okay. yeah, from just from the health food shop. Open one of those, those out. I put two in for two cocktails. Okay, it could enough. well have done with just with the one. Yeah. But it certainly it gives it an incredible colour. I was worried it might feel a bit gritty or... There's a tiny bit of greenness. I don't mind that. But, I don't um, mind a bit of texture. There's, there's nothing that I'm thinking, ugh. I do think you can taste a bit of the charcoal in there because I wouldn't have known what it was. Do you think? Well, I am one for a trend. Yeah, you like a fad. I absolutely adore a fad. I will be there, <laughs> not believing any of it, not believing any of it, but front and centre, give me my charcoal latte, give me my charcoal smoothie. And it gives it a tiny taste behind it. You know, okay. it's mi- minerally, minerally. Yes, yeah, I'll go with you on that one. So it's yep. got a minerally hint, and maybe that's the blackness confusing you, but um, <laughs> but otherwise, that's I mean, tasty. Yeah, absolutely. And if you didn't want charcoal is pertain to be healthy and things like that there are reasons why you wouldn't use activated charcoal in a cocktail yeah so if you are on medications and things like that because it will absorb your medication as well as everything else <laughs> so we're using a tiny tiny amount in here so it's yeah. not going to probably do anything also but... if you're on medication and you're drinking heavily you're having tequila and mezcal together then i mean um, you're having a day yeah absolutely but this will be perfectly delightful without the charcoal mm, yeah. this cocktail it'd be absolutely lovely without so with or without really good there's quite a lot of agave in this it's, it's quite a heavy mm. it's quite heavy on the sugar personally i prefer something slightly sharper but then is that getting too margaritary true but with a raspberry i think it works really nicely absolutely gorgeous oh my god yeah, great for halloween it is really it's a halloween drink yeah think load of charcoal put it in anything it will turn it black yeah you can have black anything you like <laughs> go black through the a phase. black red hooks black black white wine <laughs> Should we just do that yeah. tonight? I, I had brought other things to make. And, nah. But no, let's just let's just make some black Negroni. Let's make, oh my God, let's make black Negroni. Yeah, we'll just make our favourite drinks and make them black. Well, you can do that. I'll have to carry on with whatever shit I brought with me and you'll laugh at me. Well, we feel healthy as well. Yeah, indeed. I feel cleansed as I'm drinking. <laughs> this could go south very quickly. <laughs> I didn't want to say this beforehand, but charcoal can have effects. Indeed, yes. It can have uh, purgative effects as Quite, it were. So. Much like an arsenic. <laughs> so, Thankfully, there's not that much in there. Indeed. Apparently good for bloating, though. The dreaded bloat. If one is suffering <laughs> from the bloat. <laughs> well, with the heart of darkness, which is truly black, yep. in hand, Nick, is it time for a story? It is definitely time for a story. And, well, it had to be a big one. It had to be a big one for the end of season three. And there are few more famous cases than that of Elizabeth Short. <laughs> better known as the Black Dahlia. Dahlia or Dahlia? I would say Dahlia because that's what the flower is. Oh, I always said Dahlia. I usually yes, I had this conversation in my head because usually I would say black. <laughs> usually I say I would say black Dahlia, but then I thought if I'm if I'm looking at the flower, I don't call them Dahlias. I call them Dahlias. You're absolutely right. And they are is named after the flower, so black Dahlia. But I always say black Dahlia. So yeah, I know and it sounds better. It. Think about it. 
black dahlia. That's what it should be. Well, what should we be going for today? I'm going for I'm, I'm going dahlia. Let's go dahlia. But just we all knew it was dahlia. <laughs> Yay! Oh, what a story. Yeah, so I may interchange them between. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people will have heard of the Black Dahlia, Black Dahlia. Yep. Flower and murdered lady. Absolutely. I am intrigued. And also, oh, niche. Very, very good point and click computer game. Is that so? Back in the day. Mm. If anyone played it, please message me. It was amazing. <laughs> okay, nice. take us on a journey, Nick. Right, okay, so this gets grim quick. So be, be, beware, beware. Trigger warning. So on the morning of the January the 15th, 1947, Betty Bursinger and her three-year-old daughter Anne, they are out for a lovely stroll in the morning through the LA neighbourhood of Limut Park mm. when they come across the body of a woman in a vacant lot. To begin with, they think the, the, the pale figure is actually it's a mannequin from a nearby department store that's been dumped on the ground. Mm. Um, but as she gets closer to have a look, she quickly realises, no, 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 this is, this is not a shop dummy, but this is the horribly mutilated remains of a young woman. <laughs> now, she runs to a nearby house and calls the police and they quickly arrive on the scene and they find... A scene of utter horror, really. And they also find a, an increasing crowd of locals and reporters who are already gathering. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> with so, a stick. With, with so something exciting has happened here. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. The reporters from the papers are, are first on the scene. How did they know so quickly? They must have had contacts in the police force oh, or something like that. The call is, call is made into the, the 911 radio, or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, someone's getting a little backhander to report any uh. big crimes or whatever. And then, yeah, the reporters are there before the police turn up taking all their delightful, delightful pictures. Oh, yeah. So as the police get there, they do a preliminary sort of invest examination of the body. The body has been completely cut in two at the waist Where? and entirely drained of blood, leaving her skin pale white, which is why perhaps she thought it was a mannequin, some mm. sort of plastic, because she was so very pale. However, there is no blood anywhere. There's no blood on her body or in the, on the ground in the vicinity, leaving police to believe that well, she has been killed elsewhere and then left in the empty lot to be found. Mm. So she has cuts on her thighs and breasts where portions of flesh have been carved away. Her uh, face is heavily bruised and has been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, giving her what's known as the Glasgow smile. That's the enduring image, isn't it? Now, her body has clearly been very carefully posed. There's There's actually about a foot gap between the upper and lower parts of her body. Right. So where she's been cut in half, she's yeah. got a nice little gap there. Her intestines have been removed from her abdomen okay. and neatly piled and tucked up underneath her buttocks. So she's like sitting on her intestines. Almost like we need to prop up this bit. Let's use the intestines. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. Her hands are stretched out above her head and her legs are spread wide apart. Now the body is, as soon as possible, the body is taken to the morgue, away from here, getting it out of public display. And an autopsy is performed the following day. Coroner, a chap called Frederick Newbar, determines that the death had occurred around about 10 hours prior to its discovery. And the cause of death is a combination of blood loss from the wounds to her face and the oh. blows to her head, which have triggered a, a bleed in the brain. Oh, You're... okay. So she's been injured and so she's been yes, battered so, on the head. So yes, bat- battered and bashed around the head. And then so it's blood loss from the wounds to her face and yeah. the, the brain 
injuries she's suffered from the the bashing of the head that has resulted in her in her death he finds ligature marks around her wrists and ankles um but he also discovers that her body has been cleaned with gasoline presumably to remove any evidence any fingerprints or anything like that it's going to get rid of anything that has been left Mm. behind one small mercy was that he comes to the conclusion that she was already dead when she was cut in two so that was done thankfully post-mortem because that's what i was gonna ask is with the blows to the head hopefully unconscious hopefully knocked out with the with the scarring to the face and everything hopefully that wasn't done while she was alive or conscious. well that seems to be because that seems to be what of caused the death whether she was conscious or not at that time for the the facial disfigurement we, we don't right. know but she was certainly that caused her the blood loss from there caused her death but where she was sliced through she was severed, uh, that, severed that's not the blood loss that's not the blood loss no they, they they were able to tell from the well from the lack of bruising around those incisions oh, that okay. there had been no blood flowing and things at that time when she was so thankfully they presumed that yeah she was not alive at that point thank god it's not much nicer if she was alive with the head stuff well no absolutely but but, but better than being sawn in half alive (laughs) famously not a nice way famously not not an encouraging way to go now the lapd they reach out to the fbi for help to identify this unknown woman um hopefully by searching their fingerprint database and within a matter of hours they have a positive match the body was that of 22-year-old Elizabeth Short. Now, in fact, it turns out that Elizabeth is actually in their database twice. Um, once from when she had applied for a job at a, as, as a clerk at a U.S. Army base. Okay. And she had to provide her fingerprints for that. And another from when she had been arrested for underage drinking in 1943. But who was Elizabeth Short? Who was she? And how did she meet such a terrible, horrible fate? Now, Elizabeth was born on the 29th of July in 1924 in Hyde Park, Massachusetts. Cleo Short, Elizabeth's father, made a living designing and building miniature golf courses. Okay. <laughs> Which is a brilliant, That brilliant is a great career. job. Not what you think about, but someone mm. has to do it. Exactly. Someone's got to do it, so why exactly. not? He why must not come him? home every day with a smile on his face. Before this tragedy, obviously, but well. just going, I had a lovely time building lovely miniature golf courses, but I sense you're going, no, no, no. Well, he, he, he did exactly that until the Great Depression hits in 1929. No one wants to play then miniature golf? M- miniature golf is not quite the priority it had once been. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's while our troubles away down the miniature golf course. Yeah, so, oh, oh, yeah. That, so that his, is... his business did not fare well. Now, he is now entirely unable to support his family. So he just fucks off. No. He leaves them. He abandons his wife, Phoebe, and their five daughters. His empty car is found near the Charlestown Bridge, and people assume that he commits suicide by jumping into the Charles River below apparently unable to cope with his business failing unable to provide for his family terrible terrible Mm. time just that's a shit situation it's a shit situation phoebe is now left to raise five girls on her home to support her family she works multiple jobs but much of her family's um, money comes from public assistance there are various schemes that enable them to continue and then one day in late 1942 so we're talking a few quite a few years later now she has struggled on for many 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 years Mm. 1942 phoebe receives a letter from cleo the husband who has committed suicide what the shit what no what it's actually he's not dead oh fuck him he's actually not dead but had moved to california and started a new life and things are going great now 
So he just wanted to get back in touch. Oh, the, oh, the, oh, the words that want to come words. out. The words, yeah. The words that want to come out. I was sympathetic for a point there. I was like, the poor man. Oh, sunny California, did he? California. And yeah. wrote, wrote to his wife. Okay, yeah. It's all great now. Can we get back together? Oh, he wants to get back together? Yeah. Phoebe, I think much like you, had some choice words. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had money to offer for, his children. For, for Cleo, and she never saw him. She refused any communication or Oh, that's a powerful move. Absolutely not. Good for you. you f- can. Oh. Fuck the fuck off. I mean, that's that's harsh because you'd be like, oh, you're over in sunny California. You're doing well for yourself. That's a life. But actually, screw you. Yeah, you abandoned me and your five daughters in she's the middle the of a global recession. So she's like, no. Yes, Phoebe. However, Aye. Elizabeth's not quite so vehemently anti-Cleo. Mm. She has just turned 18. She is desperate to get out of Boston, start her own life. She wants to be an actress. Up on the screen. Her only escape for the past few years had been in movies. Mm. And she wanted to do that. She longed to be up there. And her resurrected father is now the perfect opportunity to get one step closer. To Hollywood. To Hollywood. In December 1942, Elizabeth relocates to California to live with her father who she has not well who she believed was dead since mm. she was six years old so she so, packs- sorry, wait, 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 wait sorry i've just done the maths there yeah so it's like 12 years or so he's been 12 years she yeah. has mourned her father yeah the whole family have mourned him yeah he's been dead for about 12 years oh, i mean elizabeth she's going through some emotions mm. and you imagine how probably how frightfully pissed off the mother would be at that point as well well, well absolutely betrayed uh, completely betrayed the, the daughter at 18 is going actually no i'm gonna go and live in my well so betrayed, <laughs> betrayed by Cleo, but the yeah. daughter who's going, I have a daddy again. Let me go, and he's in California. It's yeah. wonderful. She's young. She wants to go and reconnect. The mother probably feeling really pissed really off. Really pissed off. Going, Absolutely. Please don't go off yeah. to that fucker just because he's in a nice beach. Oh, mm. that's that is a family situation. I it, do not it want to be in the middle is of. Is a family situation. It's a Absolutely. <laughs> so she goes off to live with Cleo in Vallejo the city of Vallejo in California. But it's it's not quite the glamour and glitz of LA that Elizabeth perhaps had in her, in her head. Oh, she probably thought Daddy was sitting next yeah, to exactly. like, Universal it, it, Studios. Yeah, exactly. She lives in a city that's probably about an hour, an hour and a half or so outside <laughs> oh. of LA. Not that fancy. But it's closer. It's, clo- it's closer than Boston. However, it doesn't take too long for the relationship between father and daughter to become quite strange. Shocking. Cleo, he complains endlessly about her her laziness her poor housekeeping um her questionable dating habits he's not at all happy with with the chaps that she's hanging around with basically she was a teenager and (laughs) (laughs) he has never really looked after anyone apart from himself has no idea how to deal with an 18 year old woman Mm. and eventually in 1943 he kicks elizabeth out of the house Lovely. I can't deal with you anymore. Did little daughter not come to look after daddy and Mm. tend the house? Yeah. Now, Elizabeth goes on. She takes a job as a cashier at the Post Exchange, the shop at Camp (laughs) Cook. Why don't they just call it a shop? It's called the Post Exchange. No, it's a shop. Uh, on I the thought army you meant base. like it was like a post office. No, no, no. It's it's a it's a shop, but it's on the army base. So they call them some. They call them weird things. The Post Exchange. The Post oh, Exchange. Because they're in the army. They think they're, they're fancy. The army. Yeah, exactly. They have to have a fancy name. But she's there at the shop on the army base at Camp Cook. Also, little note on the uh, Heart of Darkness cocktail. Yeah. Got to swirl that shit at the yeah, end. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a bit of a because there's a lot of charcoal at the bottom. A lot of charcoal at the bottom. I probably won't be drinking that. No, no, I'd say down it. No, 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 swirly, swirly, swirly. Oh my God, you've got a lot in yours. No, swirly, swirly, down it because that absorbs the alcohol and then more drinks. 
that how that's going to work? Not entirely convinced Don't by mind. that. Well done. Do I have black teeth? <laughs> so we all got black teeth now. <laughs> <laughs> She's at the army base. The servicemen there quickly take notice of this young, very attractive woman. They do. And she, she wins the title of Camp Cutie of Camp Cook in a beauty contest. <laughs> Camp cheese, camp cutie. Camp cutie. Yeah. Camp cutie. It's adorable and very troubling and at very, the same very time. Very disturbing, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems that Elizabeth, she's not interested in sort of casual relationships. She mm. wants something long term. She wants something serious. Mm. And word spreads around the base that Elizabeth, she's she's a tease. Frigid, some people say. She's not interested in men. I mean, after all, if, if a woman doesn't want casual sex with random men, she must be a lesbian. Absolutely. As well. So oh, that's the yeah, only yeah, possible yeah. explanation. Why would she not want to hang out with all these guys who've yeah. given her a label and her not very pleasant to her? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So unsurprisingly, she starts to feel rather uncomfortable at Camp Cook. And after a few months, she leaves. She calls it a day. And she moves to Santa Barbara to stay with a friend. Lovely. It was in Santa Barbara on the 23rd of September, 1943, that she had her one and only run-in with the law that resulted in her fingerprints being on the file. Elizabeth had been out at a local restaurant with a group of friends and things got a bit rowdy and a bit lively. But the owners ended up calling the police. Right. Elizabeth is underage. And so she is booked and she is fingerprinted. Though, thankfully, the police officer takes pity on her and doesn't charge her with anything. So she's not charged, but she is now in the system. Instead, it's arranged for Elizabeth. She will be sent back to Massachusetts. That's the best thing for her. Send her back to her mother. She does not go back to her mother. It's a 1940s way of dealing with shit, isn't it? Absolutely. Send her back to mother. Send her back to her familial situation. Because that clearly has no kinks in it whatsoever. She doesn't go back to her mother. She doesn't go back to Boston. Instead, she goes to Florida. They have some family friends in Florida. So she goes, she goes there. And while she is in Florida, she meets Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr. Is he your daddy? <laughs> Don't think so. No. He is no, a, sorry, a decorated Army Air Force. Decorated <laughs> Army Air Force? Sorry. <laughs> he's an entire Air Force. He's an entire Air Force. She's one, going up in the world. He's a one-man Air Force. She met a plane. <laughs> decorated Army Air Force officer. Right. <laughs> while it's just... In the wings of desire... <laughs> Elizabeth would later tell her friends that while the major was recovering from a plane crash he had had in India on training, he had written to her and asked her to marry him. Aww. All delightfully. She accepted. Of course, absolutely. I will marry you happily ever after. She is set to become Elizabeth Gordon. It's going to be beautiful and lovely. And what a name. What a name it is. (laughs) What a legacy to carry. She's my grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Who was Elizabeth Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yes. Is she the same woman? I don't think she's the same woman. (laughs) No, seeing as she died, (laughs) no. But then on the 10th of August, 1945, Mm. less than a week before the end of the war, Major Gordon is killed in action in the Pacific. Oh, Lizzie. Obviously distraught by the loss of her fiancé, Elizabeth returns to her original plan. I'm going to become an actress. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make my way to Hollywood. All is going to be well. In LA, she rekindles a relationship with an old boyfriend. Another officer, Lieutenant Gordon Fickling. 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 So what's her thing with Gordon? I know, there's a lot of the name Gordon going on there. in there. Going on there. Is it actually Gordon or did you just put your I name in everything? Name. Yeah, I just put my name in. Because you don't think anyone's going to yeah. check. No, absolutely. She's actually Elizabeth Gordon Shaw, it's fine. <laughs> 
So, Mr. Fickling. <laughs> so, Mr. Fickling. Who is a Dickensian L- character. Lieutenant Fickling, I'll have you oh, know. Lieutenant Fickling. Is it Lieutenant or Lieutenant? Well, actually, it's Lieutenant in England, but it's Lieutenant in lieutenant America. Lieutenant in the States. Right, let's all just acknowledge the fact that it's spelt Lieutenant. <laughs> Lefty Looty Tenant. Gordon. Gordon. Gordon Fickling. Gordon Fickling. <laughs> he is originally from Florida, where the two had spent some time together. But he is now stationed at the Naval Reserve Base in Long Beach. Things quickly become serious, and they make plans to marry. Yay. They are going to be together. But yet again, their plans are interrupted. But this time, Lieutenant Fickling, he is shipped off to Europe. Godless place. Yeah, indeed. A terrible, terrible place. She is once again left alone oh. she's by herself and she's been abandoned so many yeah, times absolutely. now absolutely she is yeah. the abandonment issues are high absolutely now after this deployment elizabeth moves down to san diego there she befriends a young woman named dorothy french now dorothy works at the aztec theater and one evening finds elizabeth sleeping in one of the seats after the evening oh. show presumably she's got nowhere else to go so she's trying oh, to a crash at the at the theater Elizabeth tells Dorothy her tales of woe and that she had left Hollywood because finding mm. a job as an actress was impossible at that time. Much of the film industry had ground to a halt due to a series of strikes they had. that had been going on, but predominantly by production crews, sort of carpenters, scenic set designers and all this sort of stuff. Nothing happening, no work for an actress. Dorothy feels sorry horrendously sorry for her new friend and offers her a place to stay at her mother's come and stay with me for a few days absolutely fine a friend elizabeth ends up sleeping there for over a month now while she's with the french family she does a little housework she runs the odd errand but she also continues a late night partying her dalliances with various chaps as she is wanted to do one of the men she becomes enamored with is a chap called robert manley who's a salesman from la who has a wife and family at home Uh, but he's he's in san diego go on business so of course why not <laughs> is that your impression of a businessman that's, that's what business people do <laughs> i was a businessman once i was an international businessman i'll have you know you were an international businessman is that what you said to the ladies yes constantly <laughs> that's why i'm not gay <laughs> robert later admitted that yes he is awfully attracted to elizabeth but he's adamant that they had they've never had a sexual relationship okay at all Yep, he's drawn to her, and she apparently to him, but entirely platonic. The pair saw each other on and off for for a few weeks, and then one day Elizabeth asked him for a ride back to Hollywood. If he's going back, can I can I yeah, jump in with you? He agrees, and he picks her up from the French household on the eighth of January, nineteen forty seven. Now that night they go out to celebrate their last night in San Diego. Robert pays for her hotel room, and they go out to a bar. They get absolutely steaming drunk, have a grand time. They return to the hotel. He sleeps in the bed. Elizabeth sleeps in the chair. Of course she does. Of course she does. I mean, Absolutely. How, um, how very chivalrous of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make it up, at least make it up the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I slept in the bed. I slept in the big double bed. She slept on the chair. Yeah, I was a real gentleman that mm. night. Jesus Christ. The next morning, Robert has an early appointment, but he returns to the hotel. <laughs> That's exactly what he said to her. Oh, I'd love to stay, but I've got an early meeting. You're a swell girl, though. He does come back. He returns to the hotel to pick up Elizabeth around noon. Okay. So she's been recovering from her, her night on the chair. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Waiting for him to go like, yeah, can I have the fucking bed now? Exactly. <laughs> she's decided to return to Massachusetts. She's going to go back to her par- to her mother's house. Yeah, That's what she's going to do. But first, she needs to go and meet her sister at the Biltmore Hotel in Hollywood. Okay. One of her sisters is, I don't know whether her sister lived there or was there visiting. But she'd arranged to meet one of her sisters at the Biltmore Hotel. 
Mm. Was she really there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's a very good question. Mm. They drive back to Hollywood and Robert drops Elizabeth off at the Biltmore Hotel. He has another appointment himself at 6.30. He's a busy businessman. He <laughs> does not want to wait for Elizabeth's sister to arrive. And the last time he apparently saw Elizabeth, she was making phone calls in the hotel lobby there as as he drove off. Robert Manley and the hotel employees were the last people to see Elizabeth Short alive. The six days between her being dropped off at the hotel and her body being discovered are completely unaccounted for. No one knows what happened. It's probably time for a drink. I think it's high time for a Definitely drink. time for a drink. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, Nick, we're back. We are. And we brought more drinks. So many drinks. The theme is black. It is and black. we showed up. <laughs> so much black. I have a couple of things in the go. I heard unpleasant noises from the, from the kitchen. <laughs> unpleasant noises. Yes. Just a small elf going, no, please, I have a family. <laughs> Yours is the classy end, I fear. Uh, yeah. What have you done? I've got a black Manhattan. And? And it's... I, black. It's black, and I can also see through time. Right, you've sipped it. Okay, so what's in a Manhattan, and what does this make this black? Oh, nah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you want some as well? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try it. You gotta try all mine. <laughs> so, what's a black Manhattan? So, well, Manhattan is generally bourbon or rye, mm. uh, sweet vermouth, some mm. bitters. This has got, um, rather than red vermouth, well, I've got an Amaro. Wow. Vermouth is a type of Amaro, um, but this is a much heftier. 
This is an, uh, a Werner Amaro. And it, yeah, it's much, much, much punchier. It's good, but it is one you're not going to have a lot of it. That is spirit forward yeah. in the most traditional sense. Absolutely. It's, it's a two in the morning by the fire type drink, <laughs> not I've got to read words. Drink. Okay, okay. Well, you ease into that. Yeah. But I have also brought some things to the party. Yeah, yeah. And when we think black with drinks... We do think a black Russian. Yeah, we do. We do, which is traditionally vodka, Kahlua, and Coca-Cola. But I had to go one better. Yeah. I had to go one better with an Irish black Russian. So I did think, because obviously this comes out on St. Patrick's Day. It does! Woo! So I did think, is, <laughs> is Guinness going to, should that make a, make an appearance? Pint of the black stuff. A pint of the black stuff. A pint of the black stuff. I have got a can of Guinness in there, which I will drink later. The Irish black Russian. Now look at that. Isn't it beautiful? Now, this is in a highball glass where it's got a foamy head. Yeah. What you do is you make a black Russian and you top it up with a bit of Guinness. So yeah. I'm going to go for a little sip. Delicious. Is it gives it? it a creamy, bittery taste. There you go, Nick. Dive in. I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think. No. It's, I mean, it's... Meh. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> it's not your drink of choice. It's, is it's it? certainly not my drink of choice. I don't mind that because it's a longer drink. And I like yeah. it. But I also went to the wee corner shop earlier. Okay. In a homage to, if anyone is on TikTok, to the great Danny Walsh, who's from Belfast. Right. And her thing is, what are we having for pre's tonight? <laughs> you know those videos? I've sent them to you because they're fucking yeah, insane. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Big advocate <laughs> of AU vodka. And in there, they had an AU vodka black grape. Oh, look at that. Nick. Look at that. Now that is purpley black. I like it. But this is her combination which I saw earlier today. And like her, I improvised. Okay. And you're supposed to down it in one. I don't think you should. No, that's unwise, I feel. It is the AU black grape vodka watery thing. Vodka. Bit of vodka. Bit of vodka. And it's got vodka in it. And then you have extra vodka. And then you top it up with a wee bit of Prosecco, or in our case, Cremel. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to you first, Nick, to try, because I've not tried this. Oh, it's a good colour. It's a gorgeous colour. That's pretty good. <laughs> is it really nice? Is it all right? Okay. I've got, I got some grapiness. Delicious. Absolutely lit. I oh, that put, is all right. Yeah, actually. I probably put one in a bucket like you've made there of it. It's got a fair heft of vodka in the bottom there. I do like how you've gone very Irish all of a sudden. I know. I can't help it because she's so Belfast. When you watch her videos, you're like, that's my entire family. So if you want to sip that as well, it's there. It's here for okay. you. We have all of our black drinks on the go. So much blackness. Let us carry on with the right. story. After all that, what did happen to Elizabeth Short? What, what did happen what to her? What did happen? Now, the press have a field day. They're having a grand old time. There is actually so little evidence left the best thing to do is just make a load of stuff up oh yeah obviously. it's much much easier that way Why not? she when did you, yeah she did you don't actually have real proof to go on nope. make stuff up they dig out the mugshot that had been taken of her a few years earlier from her underage drinking mm. charge and that is splashed all over the papers in a particularly really really shitty journalistic trick a reporter from the los angeles examiner phones elizabeth's mother phoebe um, she has not yet heard of her daughter's <gasps> death. The journalist pretends that Elizabeth has won a beauty contest. Fuck off. He's after some background information. Can you tell me about Elizabeth? What she's been up to? What her life is like? Oh. Now, only after they have got every detail of Elizabeth's life out of her mother did they reveal that actually your daughter's been murdered and horribly mutilated and all this is going to be in the paper tomorrow. I'm speechless. Which is just like, what the fuck? 
that went very dark very quickly. Mm. Jesus Christ. Now, as, as the, the media, they learn more and more about Elizabeth Short's life, they begin to brand her as a sexual deviant. One report reads, the victim knew at least 50 men at the time of her death, and at least 25 had been seen with her in the 60 days preceding her death. She was a known teaser of men. Mm. Very angry. Very angry. Absolutely. Very angry. Yeah, I think they mean in the, in the biblical way. In the biblical. Oh, in she's, the biblical, known, she's been known she's to been man. Known. Guys, this is the horrible thing. You cannot defame the dead. Yeah. So when you have a dead body in your hands, the press can do whatever they want. Soon the papers have given Elizabeth her famous nickname, the Black Dahlia. Due to her reported preference of wearing a lot of um, sheer black clothing, that she she likes wearing and also as a reference to um, a movie the blue dahlia yes that was out at the time it's a film noir it features an alcoholic party girl who ends up getting shot yeah oh lovely lovely um, <laughs> so obviously match the two things together yeah we have the black dahlia this is the name that they come up with and the name that sticks mm. some other reports spread the false rumor that she was a prostitute complete yeah. nonsense others baselessly baselessly claim that she likes to tease men because she was gay again absolute nonsense but you can write it in a paper it sells papers and still the determination to paint her as promiscuous absolutely she has been murdered horrifically but it's her fault it's her fault but it's all her fault it's all her fault she was had to be a degenerate to die in this manner. Absolutely. Nice people don't get murdered like this. Apparently not. No, no. Apparently, we don't know enough about her, so let's just paint her as a degenerate so you all feel safe. Yeah. But as, as famous as this case is becoming across the, across the US and across the world, really, the authorities actually have very little to go on. There is absolutely fuck all evidence well, of anything. Yeah. A week after Elizabeth was discovered, the LA examiner um, receives a call from a person claiming to be the murderer. That this person says he will be sending Elizabeth's belonging in the mail as proof of his claim. A few days later, on the 24th, the paper receives a package with Elizabeth's birth certificate, photos, business cards, and an address book. Uh, the address book has got the name Mark Hansen embossed on the front of it, but it was she also had her writing inside so she had been using it what? also included was a letter pasted together from newspaper and magazine clippings okay. so the classic serial killer nice. sort of note <laughs> the note reads los los angeles examiner and other los angeles papers here is dahlia's belongings letter to follow Classic oh, serial killer paperings going on there. Okay, nice, nice, nice. All of the evidence has been wiped down with gasoline, just as Elizabeth herself had been, ensuring no fingerprints, mm. no forensic evidence of any kind. On January the 26th, another letter arrives. This one is handwritten, and it reads, Here it is. Turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m. Had my fun at police. Black Dahlia Avenger. In the letter, it included a location of where supposedly he will be turning himself into. Okay. Police wait at the appointed time and place. No one ever shows. A few days later, another note is received again, made out of cutout letters um, and sent to the examiner that says, Have changed my mind. You will not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. What? The note says. Yet again, everything has been wiped clean. Investigators cannot lift any fingerprints, 
any evidence whatsoever. Mm. The author is never identified. No idea where these notes have come from. So in the press at this point, has it been announced that she was wiped down with gasoline? That I do not know. To be honest, it, I, yeah, it may well have been that this has been announced, this has been reported. So the so person can... It's common knowledge. Well, subsequent letter may be, but sending all her details, I mean, the, are those I mean, all genuine? Yeah, so they absolutely, they, 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 had, they had a birth certificate, they had photos, they had um, personal possessions, they had her address book, everything. So yeah, so it seems like obviously this person was intimately connected with Elizabeth Short. Well, that makes me go, is that a parent? Is that a parent who's just gone, I've got, I, oh, I don't know trying to get in for me or try, i don't know who would well who would have it who would, who have, would all? have all her stuff who would have all those those personal i mean a birth certificate is not something you carry i don't know the, the birth time? certificate is the thing you famously wake up at three in the morning and go where is my birth certificate <laughs> i have no idea where mine is find your birth certificate <laughs> i know exactly where mine is do i, I exist a, <laughs> am i real i have a lovely little file that has my birth certificate and everyone i know's death certificates <laughs> i've got there. that one <laughs> <laughs> no you need to know you're alive you could be dead where where hers were kept back then id yeah i was gonna say is it something that you would routinely carry around as identification probably would a bit more, so would yeah? it have been in a pocket or in a, a purse or a bag or anything a like that so perhaps she did carry around with her and the killer has it because he has all the things that were on her at the time exactly you wouldn't have a passport mainly because americans at that time they, they wouldn't travel you wouldn't you would need to you wouldn't yeah. need to so was it just the contents of her of her bag that he's got he's changed his mind Apparently, changed oh, mind. her mind. Yep, yeah, I'm not not interested. In, quite convinced that the the murder was was justified, was warranted. The police arrest Robert Manley, her friend who she has spent time with in in yes. San Diego and who had dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel. He was the the last one to see her alive. Mm. Really, the last one to have a con- known conversation with her. He was brought in for questioning. What's going on? He has an airtight alibi for the yeah. 14th or 15th of January. He is out of town. He is witnessed by many, many people. He passes two lie detector tests. The police have no option but to let him go. Okay, yeah, fine. It, yeah, it wasn't yeah. you. You are entirely innocent of this. At one point, the LAPD have around 700 investigations. <laughs> and sort of sheriffs and deputies and all sorts of people working on this case. They interview more than 500 potential suspects and witnesses. Pretty much anyone who has ever known Elizabeth is treated as a suspect at some point or another (laughs) throughout the investigations. Officers hear more than 60 confessions during the initial investigation. Possibly inspired by a $10,000 reward that's posted so many people go yes me do i still get the cash if it was me but it happens a lot where the police department dealing with a murder this horrific gets a shit ton mm. of confessions oh, like yeah. absolutely loads of just crazy people crazy and they people. just treat it as um just okay crazy people are gonna confess they're yeah, gonna confess absolutely. it's me it's me i want attention what makes you realize is that oh this is just part and parcel yeah absolutely so many people are confessing but they have no information whatsoever they just go i did it okay where was this it was on the moon <laughs> pretty much i say of all these people that they do who have confessed, 22 are considered viable suspects. Mm. Could have possibly been you. But authorities can't make a solid case against any of them. No, none of them. On March the 14th, so we're looking a couple of months later now, a pile of men's clothing is found on a beach in the Venice neighbourhood of LA by a lifeguard, John Dillon. A note is found scribbled in pencil, tucked into one of the shoes. The note reads, To whom it may concern. I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, 
but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. Mary? The lifeguard immediately reports this discovery. The the clothes, they are inspected. We have a a blue tweed coat and trousers, brown and white t-shirt, underwear, tan moccasins. There is not a single clue as to the identity of who left the note, whose clothes these were. The, the the assumption is that they this person has committed suicide, jumped into the ocean, yeah, yeah. or such like. Let us know. No idea who this person is. Could there be no idea? Not a clue who this person is. No one, no Mary ever reports anyone missing. What? But yeah, no, no, I no clue who this who this person was. And then just leaves a note. And just leaves the notes. Tuck which in is shoe. very expositional, I will say. <laughs> the note yeah. is very, let's lay everything out yeah. right here. But Absolutely. it doesn't seem like the ramblings of a confession. It just seems like, by the way. By the way, I did this. But, but also, also, if you would, what? would you? Yeah, I mean, would you call it the black? If you, no. you were the, you wouldn't call it the black dot. That's that's the media thing. Oh, oh well, well, that, maybe that opens or... up, well, it opens up a whole world of yeah. if, if if someone lifted Elizabeth Short, she would have no name if they were a psychopath. But they've but they've got her. They've got her um, birth certificate. But you don't. Oh, well, it's it's. Oh, oh sorry, <laughs> this is a whole tangent. As in, if yeah. you capture the person and you're going to do that to person, you're never going to call them by their name. But this this seems like the desperate act of someone who wants fame. Yeah. who's tapping into everyone's interested in the Black Dahlia. And what the shit? What? Why? <laughs> Why does no one know who these people are? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we know, yep, yeah, no idea who the the owner of these clothes were. Okay. Now, the Black Dahlia murder is front page news for over, well over a month. But soon interest starts to wane. Now, in an effort to try and jog people's memories, the lead investigator, a Captain Jack Donahue, he gives an interview. He believes Elizabeth's murder had taken place in a remote building or a shack yeah. outside of Los Angeles and that her body had been transported into the city where it had been disposed of and posed in the way it was found. They say that based on the precise cuts and dissection of Elizabeth's corpse, the LAPD also look into the possibility that the murderer had been a surgeon or a doctor or someone with some sort of medical knowledge um, to yeah, carry out this, this work. In mid-February 1947, the LAPD serve a warrant to the University of Southern California Medical School, which is located right next door to the site where Elizabeth was found. Um, they request a complete list of all students who were yes. at, at the school. And they carry out background checks and interview people. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is discovered. As time goes on, the case goes cold. Many people assume that the back Dahlia murder was... Was it a date gone wrong? Very she, wrong. She was, she was out on a date with some chap. It went horribly awry. Had she simply been in the wrong place at the wrong time? She had been walking home late one night and encountered a crazy person coming in the other direction a month after elizabeth's death the body of another woman is discovered in los angeles this time it's a construction worker who stumbles across a naked body of a dead woman in a vacant lot Mm. like elizabeth her face is badly beaten and bruised and she has ligature marks on her wrists and her ankles this time there is an unusual message scrawled on her stomach in bright red lipstick no fuck you bd bd then just below the letter that the letters T-E-X. The press are quick to link BD in this latest murder to Black Dahlia, of course. Really? Again, the victim is never identified. The murder is never solved. The persistent notoriety of the Black Dahlia case has spurred 
a huge number of confessions over the year. To date, over 500 people have confessed <laughs> to murdering Elizabeth Short, some of whom weren't even born when the murder took place, <laughs> which Hence, is impressive. The crazies. <laughs> Hence the crazies. Hence the crazies as they are known. A few notable suspects include George Hoddle, um, an yes. L.A. doctor. In 1999, the doctor's son, Steve, um, a retired um, LAPD detective, is going through his recently deceased father's belongings when he comes across two photos of a woman who looked disturbingly like Elizabeth mm. Short. Curious as to why his father would have photos of the Black Dahlia or her doppelganger, he begins looking into his father's past and whether he may have known Elizabeth. Looking through police files, he noticed that the handwriting on some of the notes that have been sent to the press bear a striking similarity to his father's own writing. In addition, George had been a doctor. He would have had more than sufficient medical knowledge to dissect Elizabeth's body. He becomes convinced that his father has had killed Elizabeth Short. He eventually compiles all this evidence into a 2003 bestseller called Black Dahlia Avenger, The True <laughs> Story. Since then, Steve Hoddle has continued his investigations and says that he has uncovered a lot more evidence mm. about his father. His father could also have been the Zodiac Killer. So maybe, maybe not, maybe. I'll come back to that one. Okay, I'll come back, I'll come to, back that to that one. one. Or could it been, have been another chap, Leslie Dillon? In 2017, um, a British author, Pugh Eatwell, announced that she had finally solved the case once and for all, and she published her theory in a book called Black Dahlia Red Rose. The crime, corruption, and cover-up of America's greatest unsolved murder. Okay. One hell of a title. The real culprit, she claims, was Leslie Dillon, a man who police had briefly considered, but ultimately let go. According to the book, Leslie Dillon um, had worked as a bellhop, and he had murdered Elizabeth Short at the behest of Mark, a chap called Mark Hansen, a local nightclub and movie theatre owner. Mark Hansen had also been a suspect at the time who had eventually been let to go. He was the supposed owner of the address book that had been mailed into the examiner. Yeah. The name Mark Hansen was embossed in that. He claimed that he had given the address book to Elizabeth as a gift. Hmm. That, that was that. No, no more was made of it. Rumour had it that Elizabeth had found out too much about um, Hansen's dodgy dealings yeah. and his goings-on, and that she had rebuffed his advances one too many times. And apparently not able to handle rejection, he called on Leslie Dillon to take care of her. <laughs> now that I'm... Say, you said that, I think. Make her a nice cup of hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> get, her a, get, her, get her a blanket. Maybe she wants to watch a film. You're so naive. Yeah, Nick. absolutely. Not... Cut her in half and murder her horribly. Leslie Dillon had previously worked as a mortician's assistant. Nice. Yeah, uh, so it's entirely feasible that he knew how to drain a body of blood. He knew where to cut. Well, you would have to, if you're embalming people, you you take the blood out, you replace it with formaldehyde and all this sort of thing, so you know where veins are and the such. You could. You might not pose them in a public where? place. This is the thing. So he would, he would perhaps have had the skills to to do what was done to her body mm. now the author of the book also discovered from police records that during his the initial questioning mm. Lizzie Dillon had known details about the crime that had not been released to the public including one particularly gruesome example of the fact that Elizabeth had had a, a tattoo of a rose on her thigh which had been cut out 
and pushed inside her vagina. Oh, that's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice, but he knew that. But he knew. He knew that had happened. That's a very lurid detail that could be passed around in a lot of gossip, though. That's the thing. So... Horrible he, as it is. he is never charged with a crime. Yes, mm. he knows these things, mm. but as you say, could these things leak? People talk, so yeah. it's something that's pra- it's and a especially huge case. especially a detail like that, which is particularly lurid. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get out there. Yeah. So yeah, they are unable to charge him with any crime. The book goes on to claim that the Mark Hansen, the, the nightclub owner, has actually ties to corrupt cops in mm. the LAPD and they are able to sort of assist with getting Leslie Dillon released. There are hundreds of suspects. There are possible connections to other crimes. There are links to other weird goings on. There are some of them are credible. Some of them are generally insane. Um, <laughs> there are far too many to go through in one episode. So I think there might be a part two. Okay. There might be an examination of the crazy, crazy suspects. The crazy, crazy suspects. Of the Black Dahlia murders, uh, where I think we will probably undoubtedly solve. Absolutely. The, the most famous unsolved crime of the last century. I think we will nail it. It's going to be us. The Black Dahlia. Dahlia. <laughs> However you choose to pronounce it. Strychnine, strychnine. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Nick. Oh, for a thorough retelling of the Black Dahlia. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's there. a lot going on there, absolutely. and there's so many suspects, which I'm I'm so glad we'll come to it at a later point. But horrific murder. Oh, remember? I mean, I knew I knew of the case, yes. but I had not never really researched it any great deal detail. I've never read a book. I've never seen the films yeah. or anything. So reading through it for this episode is like, oh my god, so, that's really unpleasant. So the question is, why do we think something so horrific has remained unsolved? That's I mean, obviously the person who committed it had knowledge of whatever. I mean, yes, in the 40s, you're going to have a fairly basic level of forensic sort Mm. of um, testing and examination at the time. But someone who knew not to leave fingerprints, knew how to get rid of fingerprints and things at the time. There was discussion about whether there had been any sexual um assault or anything at the time yes. no evidence was ever found there was no. no semen or anything like that found at the site so obviously whoever it was they they knew how to cover their tracks mm. she was not murdered at the site she was found no she was somewhere else she was moved from somewhere else and yet she was posed in a very public place where oh. anyone yeah. and if you see the pictures of where her body was discovered this is just this is this is scrubland that is yeah. in the middle of LA. Absolutely you know. right, just off just off a street. There, there is a body and, and posed in a very sexual way as well. She's got her legs legs, legs spread, spread, arms above her head. So the person wanted her to be found, mm. wanted to make a statement, meticulous in removing any evidence, which is. Sort of up there, I suppose, with Jack the Ripper. I think with with the Black Dahlia, I think it's the most comparable case mm. because of you know with Jack the Ripper, there's five women, five that we are confirmed yep. <laughs> more very likely. I'm sure there are a few people going, was it Jack the Ripper? Maybe <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it was possible he would have been 105 at the time, but um... maybe, maybe he. Would. Well, there was like what was it? This was in what year? 43. 43. So if he committed the crimes when he was 20, <laughs> he was just so, an old man. Yeah. 
Yeah. 40, last act. 40, 47, I beg your pardon. 47. 47. So a very old man, but yeah. doing his last act, <laughs> so had learned. It, it, could, it could have been, I find it unlikely. I mean, it just seems a lot for Jack <laughs> to do, but also eh, to pose her so particularly and to have nothing. Nothing. To cut her in half. To cut her cut in half. Cut her physically in two pieces. Yeah, mutilate her face, cut bits off her body, take chunks out of her breast but to actually cut her in half yeah. i mean for fuck's sake and that's the thing and posing her sends a message what is the message is this a lone psychopath who is trying to make a comment on her her lifestyle her perceived lifestyle or is it a much bigger thing yeah absolutely i mean there are talk and we will cover this in sort of in another episode if we if we do that yes she has people that she know are in, in involved in shady dealings with mm. mobsters and gangsters and the underworld knows too much so it is a, is it a message to other people to say keep your mouth shut type thing yes. so there's, there's a lot especially the glasgow smile has a sort of a um a mobstery sort of vibe don't say exactly. a word so did she know too much was she threatening to yeah. go back to massachusetts she was going to get out of whatever yeah she got herself mixed up in it's it's a it's a theory you but know we, we will discuss it's one this. of many theories we will discuss it possibly in a we patreon shall. episode but there's a lot of theories about did she mix with certain people mm-hmm. the whole thing that's why you ask about you know when she was dropped off at the hotel and she was making phone calls is there were inferences that she may have also indulged in sex work. Indulged is probably the wrong word, is that she may have taken some sex Mm. work, possibly mixed up with the wrong people, and who could have been in higher or very lower echelons of society. We don't know, but some example was made of her. But all of the suspects, oh my God, they're fun. And I really must recommend the podcast Root of Evil, the Hodel family, this background... (laughs) of all of the family delving into his past and it is insane. It's not an easy listen. It's mm, not oh, an I easy listen at points. This inference that he was involved in the Black Dahlia murder. And you, you listen into it and you kind of go, oh my God, it's true. It's quite possible that this is all hyperbole. Mm. You don't know. It's not been confirmed. But this is a, I mean, it's still a story that's endured. Oh, absolutely. And you can theorise so much and about there her are, life. there are so many possibilities and there, <laughs> are, there are so many crazy speculations about mm. it all which makes it ripe for that sort of yeah storytelling and it could just be just one lone madman yeah one lone madman picked her off the street mm. that's it one random person could be collection or it could be a massive cult a massive cover-up do you know what do you <laughs> think people what do you think of the story of the black dahlia the black dahlia how do you like to pronounce it elizabeth shaw an innocent a poor woman who was killed in a horrific manner really tragic backstory honestly was was just trying to make a way in, in just trying life. to find yeah happiness and stability <laughs> tell us what you think what do you know about elizabeth shaw about this case are there theories that you hang on to that you think you've got the inside track on <laughs> what what does your gut say about what happened in this story jump on the comments of wherever you listen to this episode on social media send us dms about this if you'd like us to cover it further on Patreon or on the main episode in the next season, please tell us. We would love to know what you think. But most importantly, you must mix up an array of drinks. And many, many, many drinks that many, are all black. Many, many drinks. <laughs> so, How are we faring on the drinks, Nick? Well, I finished the Blind Hatton and I... <laughs> ma- <laughs> what, I fin- <laughs> what, what have I finished? You will never know how much I had to cut out of this episode. We're actually all right. I feel okay. Are we? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we started off with the we beauty. We started off with uh, Heart of Darkness. 
beautiful. Lovely. Then we degenerated. Yes. Into the black Manhattan. I am very drunk. The Irish black Russian is nearly gone. That's got a lot of dilution to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Haven't touched the other one. We did have two glasses of fizz before we even started. Oh, we did actually. Yeah. Yeah, this is season three finale. We have to make it happy. And then we have the Danny Walsh uh, tribute here. And it's such a pretty color. Look how pretty it is. You you have that. that You. Nick is on a roll. Jesus, you really gulped that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. It is the end of season three. This means we are taking a little two-week break. We have lots of activity over on Patreon as well, but we will be back on the 7th, I think, 7th of April. 7th of April, I think 7th it is. 7th of April. 7th First of week April. of April. If you're listening to this in the future, no difference to you whatsoever. There's yeah. just a next episode. Click on, click on. If you are desperate, if you are upset, if you are bereaved not to have <clears> us every single week, come and join us on Patreon. Find us on TikTok and leave. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Give us a review on Apple iTunes if you haven't already. It's really important to any podcast that you love. Once you've left a review for us, go leave reviews for any other podcast that you follow because it makes such a difference to us and it helps us carry on. And remember to send us suggestions of what we could be doing in season four. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you very soon. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you.